The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother, was Lazarus, was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go also that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her. 
because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said how he loved him. See how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Good morning. Let us pray. Holy God, breathe new life into your church as you breathed new life into Lazarus. Amen. Pastor, how's the church doing? I get asked that question all the time, everywhere, all at once. How's the church, Pastor? And what do I say? I usually say something like, pretty good. We're doing pretty good. We made it through some hard years. And we're still plugging along. But you know, I started saying something different lately. I started answering a question with a question. And I know how much everybody loves it when I do that. So when people ask me, Pastor, how's the church? I say, what is the church? <laughs> See? What is the church? What's the church? Us, the people, we are the church. The members of Grace Lutheran, and not just Grace Lutheran, but all the churches, all the members, our families, our neighborhood, Christians all over the world. 
how is the church? So let me ask you, how are you? When I look out and I see your faces, I think about the things you've shared with me. I think about the prayer requests that I get. And I know that there are very significant challenges in our lives. I know that there are health challenges. There are family concerns. There are financial troubles. People are worried about current affairs. Christians are in war-torn places all over the globe, worried about the environment. And when I think realistically all about all of this all at once, how could I possibly answer that question? How's the church? How could the church ever expect to be doing well if our members are struggling? The condition of the church is a reflection of the wider society. We're like the canary in the coal mine. When you see churches struggling to survive, you see the very fabric of society itself struggling to hold together. It reminds me of Lazarus. Lazarus was ill. Lazarus was not doing well. And his sister Mary sent for Jesus to come and help to heal Lazarus. But did Jesus come right away? No, he did not. And so what happened? Lazarus died. I think the church today is desperate, like Mary and Martha, for Jesus to come and help us out. Just a little bit from our suffering to fix things up. And we ask ourselves, where is he? When is he coming back? So what are we going to do? What can we do? That is the same question that Mary and Martha were asking themselves. What are we going to do until Jesus comes back? You know, there's a problem with this story that I need to address before I can move on. A, a ginormous, a ginormous controversy has exploded in New Testament studies and in theology about this story. The story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And here's the controversy. A couple of years ago, a New Testament scholar by the name of Elizabeth Schrader was reading Papyrus 66. Papyrus 66. Before we had books, we had papyrus, ancient forms of paper. Papyrus 66 is the absolute oldest, most authoritative version of the Gospel of John 
on the face of the earth. All of the Bibles, nothing is more authoritative or older than Papyrus 66 when it comes to the Gospel of John. And this New Testament scholar was studying it. She was looking at it because things are digitized now. She zoomed in on it. She was reading it and she saw something nobody else had ever seen before. At the beginning of this story where it says the village of Mary and her sister Martha, it doesn't say that. It says Mary, that's it. And the scholar, when she saw that, she said, that can't be right. And then she started, she started going through line by line this papyrus. And indeed, every time it says Martha, the Y, the Greek letter for Y, actually iota, was literally written over with a theta, turning Maria into Martha every single time. And she said, this can't be right. And she, and she started digging, 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 digging. She said, what is going on here? Where did Martha go? Is Martha even in this story? Now, let's talk about the New Testament for a second. What's the other story about Mary and Martha? We all know that story, right? We love that story, the story of Mary and Martha. When Jesus goes and who sits at his feet? Mary. And who's busy in the kitchen working? Martha. Wonderful story. We love that story. It's not this story. And that story never mentions Lazarus. It's in the Gospel of Luke. And at the time that that story takes place, Jesus is in Galilee. He's in northern Israel. This is in Bethany. This is right by Jerusalem. This is very far away. And so this New Testament scholar, her theory is that they're different stories. This is a story about a different family. Mary and Martha are still Mary and Martha. They're there. They're in northern Israel, and they are wonderful. This is a different Mary. She has one brother named Lazarus. And the plot thickens. The plot thickens because it says right here, this is the same Mary who did what to Jesus' feet? anoints them with oil. And who do we attribute of all the Marys that anointed Jesus' feet with her hair and oil? Mary Magdalene. And so, it is possible that the story of Lazarus, his sister, was Mary Magdalene. And then, on Easter Sunday, who was the first person in the Gospel of John to witness the resurrected Jesus? Mary Magdalene. And when we read this story, if there is only Mary, if Martha is not in this story, who is the first person to claim that Jesus is their Lord and Savior? Mary. Said it right in here, I believe that you are the Messiah. Further evidence is found by Tertullian ancient church father and scholar, in his commentary in John, he never mentions Martha in this story. He only mentions Mary. And his writing perhaps predates Papyrus 66. 
suggesting that he had an earlier form of scripture. And other sources have been found as well, ancient sources in the church that when they talk about this story, they mention Mary, but not Martha. Again, Mary and Martha are there, but this is about Mary Magdalene. So the controversy claims. Now, what do we know about Mary Magdalene? Well, we know she anointed Jesus' feet. She witnessed the resurrection. Perhaps she was Lazarus' sister. And what about her title, Magdalene? What does it mean? It means tower. So just like in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Peter is the first to claim that Jesus is the Savior, and he gets named the rock. You, on this rock, I will build my church. In the Gospel of John, Mary Magdalene, you are the tower, the tower, the strong tower of the church. Mary Magdalene. Now, in a way, it's kind of interesting that the controversy has nothing to do with the fact that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. I mean, that's still extremely hard to wrap our brains around. But as I mentioned to the children, in just a few, a couple of chapters later in John 15, Jesus says to his same disciples that were here at this event, he says, if you believe me, you will do the same things I have done and greater. Mary Magdalene, strong tower of the church, her brother Lazarus, the 12 disciples, and us, witnesses of the resurrection, Jesus is telling us we are to do more than just passively wait for him to come, but he is challenging us to care for our brother Lazarus and to ask him to rise again and to live. This story is an invitation for there to be more Mary Magdalene's in the world today, and more Peter's for that matter too. We have a lot of Lazaruses. We have people, we have young people, young men, young women, old people, old women, all different ages like Lazarus, people who are suffering, people who are dying because of preventable things that we could do something about. And what Jesus is challenging us to do is to be like Mary Magdalene. You know what makes Mary Magdalene such a woman of faith? She doesn't take no for an answer. She says, Jesus, you've got to come back here. And when he gets there, she's not afraid to shame him a little. If you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. She won't accept defeat. She goes down to Jesus' feet and weeps until he is brought to tears and he's so moved that he has to do something. She is the woman of great faith, the strong tower of the church. And God is calling us to do the same thing today. I really mean it too. 
And I'll give you an example. This past week, I was able to visit my Aunt Barb. You know, Barbara Dinger, longtime member of this church. Many of you were friends with her and still are. You know, Barb has had a lot of uh, dementia issues. She lives at a memory care facility. I've been visiting her occasionally these past few years. And when I visit her, it's always a nice visit. You know, it's kind of basic, but it's good. Well, this last week, I went on Friday with her family, which would be Jim Zimmer, you know, new member of the church, my father-in-law, that's Barb's brother. And Aunt Pat went too, which is Barb's sister. And Diane and Elizabeth, okay, there was like four or five members of Barb's family. It's the first time I've ever visited her recently with her family. And they brought cookie, they brought cake, they brought tea, they brought, I brought oranges, we brought bulletins from the church, we brought the uh, devotional that's back there for uh, April, May, and June. And when we all got there, and there were all of those siblings there, Barb woke up. She spoke more than I've heard her speak in years. She had more facial expression than I've seen in years. She remembered things from her past. Okay, it wasn't a total healing, but it was a ginormous improvement from what I've seen. Simple things like that. Brothers and sisters showing up saying, wake up, come out, Lazarus, come out, Barb, come out, we want to talk to you. This is what faith is. Faith is getting in the car. Faith is visiting a friend. It's picking up the phone. It's baking a cake. It's grabbing a coffee. It's showing up. It's putting old grudges behind us in the grave and instead let the living live swallowing our pride and advocating incessantly on behalf of our brothers and our sisters who are suffering so that Jesus has no choice but to resurrect. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. What is God's name? I am. am. Who is the resurrection? I am. So let's do it. Amen. Please stand as you're able for our hymn of the day.